Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome, stay, come again. I'm your host, Him Not Them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are alive, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Burner Boy. It's plenty. We should live life in abundance, right? And in order to do that, we have to start with one. Don't want to jump in my bag too early, but when I listen to Burner Boy's music, sometimes I don't really understand the language that he's speaking. But the vibe is there, the energy is there. I know what I'm taking from the song. I say all that to say if we want to live in abundance, we have to be open to all forms of communication. We shouldn't shelter ourselves off in the pursuit of whatever we're pursuing. And I'll just leave that there. But yeah, when I was listening to, when I was listening to that song, he was talking about having things in abundance. The life he lives, the life he lives, he wants to celebrate it. I feel that. And we're moving, we're moving vastly through 2023, right? And I don't want us to miss out on anything. You know, I want us to be able to have it in plenty, have it in abundance. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. Yes, I'm trying to squeeze two more installments in the next seven days. Can we do it? Can we do it? <laughs> I'm trying to stick with my three installments a month quota. I'm pushing it mighty close this year. Well, with this month, excuse me. Um, like I said on the previous installment, life has a way of presenting itself. And I try to find ways to put what I'm, ex what I'm experiencing in my installments to have a transparent moment yet a moment where we can find um, common ground. And a lot of us are experiencing the same. I don't wanna say it's the same. We have similar experiences. So I want us to recognize the similarities and not focus just on the differences. I say all that to say that this, this month in particular showed me what I would want my summer to look like these next three months, June, July, May, June, July. Um, finishing the school year, preparing for the next school year, and then whatever comes after that. Just, uh, you know, maybe TMI, but usually in the summertime, I'm always looking for a job. For good reasons and for bad reasons, but I'm always on the hunt. I kind of think of it as like free agent season. Whereas this year, I might not have to do that. I'm still wearing my options, but that right there is just a different feeling to have, especially when we know what the other side looks like. For anybody who's in a position where it seems like it's something that they've experienced before, focus on the similarities so then you can recognize the differences. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be so quick just to point out the differences. We miss the similarities. We miss what we could keep, what we should keep. You understand? Whenever I come across new information, I always talk about the old information. A lot of books that I read in 21 and 22, the year 2020, 2021, and 2022, in that two-year two time period, I probably read more books in my lifetime than in childhood when I was in school. Like, But it wasn't like novels or nonfiction. I mean, novels and fiction. It was all informational text. Once I was able to find the lane that I was looking for, I dove right into it. It took the pandemic. I mean, it took the pandemic for me to figure that out which I'm pretty sure it did for a lot of people. In that time frame, I picked up a lot of self-help books because I feel like I'm in the self-help business, just my form or variation of that. So the information that I come across, not only am I willing to share it, I try to put it in practice as well. 
I don't want to be those one of those type of people that um, don't walk what he talk. So with that being said, the information that we're using tonight comes from the year 2022, which was just last year. And it's a book out there that's called The One Thing, right? And it has a lot of information in there that someone can take away trying to um, get better at pursuing. Pursuing is an action. It requires effort. We have to get better at the effort we apply. We have to get better at um, putting ourselves in position to acquire what we desire. In order to do that, some people think we have to go big or go home, right? Or we have to swing for the fences or every time that we come to the plate, we have to hit a home run. That's not how we pursue or that shouldn't be the only way that we pursue. It's nothing wrong with, quote unquote, going small. Going small isn't, isn't ignoring all of the small things. It's recognizing all things that matter. All right. We have to recognize all things that matter. Some people think that multitasking is a lie as far as when it talks about success. Multitasking isn't the problem. It's how we multitask is the problem. That's why we have to go small. We have to recognize what matters most in the moment. Everything isn't equal when we are pursuing. Some things matter more. They could be on the same list, but they might be prioritized different. If we have, I don't know, a list of accomplishments that we want to accomplish, we have to start small. We can't try to hit three, try to get three out of the six in the first round or in the first three months. I'm not saying that it's mathematically impossible. What I'm saying is, is that we could be missing out on a lot of viable information because we're trying to take too much at one time. We need to do fewer things to make an effect instead of doing more things that has side effects. All right. We need to do fewer things to have more effect. Again, when we try to pick up too much at one time, when we try to run with it, we can potentially drop what we're carrying. Instead of grabbing a, a sizable load, pause, <laughs> and maneuvering with that, the risk of us dropping what we have collected is very slim. When we try to do too many things at one time, when we try to accomplish too many goals or try to take too many steps at one time, those comes with side effects. Look at the medicine that they give. Oh, this medicine is good for you. It's going to get rid of that cough that you got. But the side effects is X, Y, and Z. Or this one medicine, you're going to get rid of the cough. It's going to get rid of the itchy eyes. It's going to get rid of, I don't know, the phlegm. But the side effects is you might be blind for a few days. Or you might lose hearing in one of your ears. Or you might have substantial hair loss. When they say risks, no reward, we should think about calculated risks. Going small, quote unquote, is more of a calculated risk because you're putting forth the effort. You're putting X, Y, and Z on the line, but you're, you're thinking more about the outcomes during the process and not the outcome at the end of the process. You understand? Paying attention as we go. So I want us just to take a few minutes, a few seconds to think about what we're trying to achieve and how fast we're trying to do it. Are we doing it in an effective manner that gives us a positive result or are we doing it in an ineffective, ineffective manner and it comes with a lot of side effects? Before we close out the first part of this installment, the book, The One Thing You Can Find on the Internet, they have a list of concepts that are lies about respects. 
Mm, excuse me. Lies about success. Excuse me, because I'm reading and talking at the same time. Um, there are lies to success. When we look at the internet, you might see someone see someone with hella followers. To someone, that's a sign of success. To others, that could be a lie. So when we think about success, we have to look at it from a standpoint of what we deem is quote unquote successful. Based on the ideas of the one thing, everything matters equally is a lie about success. Everything doesn't matter equally. Everything might matter, but it doesn't share the same numerical value. You understand? Some people, uh, based on the author, based from the author's opinion and my own, multitasking is a lie about success. We can't multitask everything. Some things have to be seen to completion before moving on to the next. I'd rather have two complete projects than six incomplete ones. Because none of those six can equal to one complete one. Because they're all at different variations and spots. Uh, um, they're all in, excuse me, they're all at different spots prior to the completion. Whereas if you have one or two already complete, that's a foundation. We can't multitask if we don't have something done in completion. And multitasking can be a hindrance to our success. Dreaming big is bad. Dreaming and visionary, we've had that conversation. You can have the dreams, but if your dreams are bigger than your vision, you're going to get lost <laughs> because you're not going to see where you're going. You dig what I'm saying? And I'll just leave that there. I suggest the family check I suggest the family check out, look into the one thing. You can find it on the internet, PDF, and tell me what you think. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Jordan Hawkins, Pipe Down. Came across this artist through social media. Somebody had a song of his playing in their reel, and I recognized him first by his guitar skills. I didn't let that part of the song play. And as I did a little bit more research into the artist, I realized he can he can sing as well. And I felt that was um I felt that was cool. Any artist that can sing and play an instrument, especially like a horn or a string, they always tailor their either their vocals based off their playing ability or their playing ability off their vocals. And I think that's a very unique talent. Slightly jealous. It's like, nah. <laughs> but nonetheless, I admire anyone that has that dual ability. And I will always give their music a shot. Before we move forward, I just want to remind the family it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. 
Before we move into the relationship talk moment of the evening, I just have to recap a little bit of what I discussed last week when it comes to gender, sex, and sexuality or identity, all right? I, I try my best to be as PC as possible, but when, we, but when we have that conversation, it can become glaringly difficult simply because there's a lot of buzzwords, there's a lot of cancer culture individuals out there that spend their whole time trying to get rid of people's freedom of thought, especially when it's a, a topic as sensitive as that one. For me as an individual, based on just what I see in the conversations that individuals are having, the question that individuals of the alphabet community um, seem to hold as their most arguments of point is how to define a woman. When an individual, usually a right winger, a hella conservative, you know, with, with, the, an, with the approach that doesn't mold well with others, but they ask very viable questions, is that individuals who are trans that want to be identified as a woman and then you ask them what a woman is, they're not describing what a woman is. They're giving characteristics based off what they see on TV that represents women. But when you have to define one, they're lost for words. Here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. If anybody has found themselves having a conversation with individuals about identi identifying gender, sexuality, and sex, just ask them, what is a woman? What qualifies an individual to be a woman? Because clearly we're not using the anatomy as such. Clearly, we're not using what the role of the W-O-M-B-M-A-N represents. When the white man took the B out of woman to make woman and man, they wanted to remove the aspect of the womb. The womb is what makes you a woman, period. When we talk about natural order, universal law, we not talk about identifying. We're not talking about what we choose to classify ourselves as. When we talk about natural order, a womb Man is an individual who possesses a womb that can channel birth. That's it. What we choose to identify as as far as characteristics or the aesthetics of a woman with a B, cool, do that. I have no issues with that. But when we start to say that a, a woman with a penis, how is that possible? <laughs> or, or a trans man can give birth. That's a woman. Uh, uh, clearly that person that identifies as a man has a womb. They can give life. Only a woman can do that. And I'll just leave that there. I got one or two DMs saying that they understood what I was saying, but they got they felt offended because of what I was saying. So the best way I can just concise this conversation without talking for 15 minutes is when you ask an individual of that community what a woman what a woman is, and they start beating around the bush, just break down what a woman is, a W-O-M-B man, a womb man, is a person that can give birth. For our relationship talk advice, I don't have one yet again, we're going to go off the top. <laughs> I think last week we talked about be prepared, you know, if you want to be single, be single, if you want to be in a relationship, be in a relationship. I think we should stay away from these relationship platforms. They're, they're not becoming toxic. They're getting, they care more about uh, clickbait than actual help, in my opinion. When I was on Clubhouse, uh, the Real Relationship Talk Room, that, that was an actual platform. Shout out to Queen Morocco. She, you know, she held it down. 
She made sure that the people that came into that room was there to help build a community based on how we want to have better relationships platonically and romantically. That was a safe space. But a lot of these other platforms that I see out here, when I listen to the things that they're talking about, it's like they're just speaking. Obviously, you have to speak from your own point of view, but it has more to do with they're just trying to say whatever can give them shock value. And a lot of people are taking what they're saying for for Bible, for gospel, for tabernacle. You understand? And I don't want us to get lost in someone's relationship advice because you like how they look aesthetically or you like how they sound or because you might be attracted to them. You're more inclined to listen to them. Take in the information first and then realize for yourself, are they using that to help you or are they only using it to gain monetary status? So if you're dating, if you're single, if you're looking for relationship advice, make sure you're going to a platform that's there for not just credibility, but there to really help people maneuver in that space. As I look over the notes for the second part of the second part, I'm trying to find a way to say that because it sounds so redundant, the second part of the second part. As we continue through the second part of this installment, I like that better. As we continue, I always look at my old information around the time that I'm at. Yesterday was the Javante Davis fight and Ryan Garcia. Davis won in the seventh round, in the seventh round with a liver shot. When they, when they put it in slow-mo and they showed that left hook to the body, you just seen every rib cage, every muscle in that boy body flex to try to absorb the pain, but it was too sharp. Shout out my man Lil Tay. You know, he hit he hit on the uh he hit on the bat. That was hard. I was like, damn, how the fuck you know that shit was gonna happen? And why you ain't tell me? I could have used some money. You understand? <laughs> but it was cool. Little fight party, so it was decent. It was decent. I say all that to say is that I take the trips down memory lane, especially when I'm getting ready to record, because I think about where I was in relation to where I wanna be and I wanna find a middle ground. That is why we are in the present. We take the past. We vision, we envision the future, and we create it in the present, all right? So with this information, I'm looking at our emotional map, and I have a list of emotions that we have to recognize, and not only recognize them, but properly define them. Me as an individual, I am one that likes to hold himself accountable, especially when it comes to um, what I'm saying and how I choose to relay those emotions or that I don't want to say that phrase or whatever I'm choosing to express. In 2018, when I started these installments, I was learning how to properly channel my emotions. So I had to write them down. And then once I started writing my own emotions down, I looked at my list and I tried to put it in words that can help individuals um, who are struggling with these same emotions. One of those emotions is resentment. Resentment shows that we are still living in the past and not allowing the present to exist. When we are resentful, we just can't let it go. Two weeks then went by and we still in that moment. So much has been awarded to us, but we still think about that time when such and such did whatever. We still resentful. Even when they call your phone, we, we done squashed it, we done hashed it. But every time they call you, you still feel some type of way. We got to let that resentment go. And if we can't let it go, we have to first at least recognize that we're being resentful. Once we, if we don't recognize that we're being, that we are being resentful, we start to feel discomfort. 
Discomfort shows that we pay too much attention to what's happening now. I'm sorry. It shows that we need to pay attention to what's happening now because we are, we are missing the opportunity for change. We have to pay attention to what's happening now because we are missing the opportunity for change. We're discomfort. We're uncomfortable. I'm too, I'm too in the moment. I can't even get out of this funk that I'm in right now. I don't care about tomorrow. I'm too much in this funk right now. I don't care what's going to happen two weeks down the line. We have, to, we have to get rid of that resentment so we don't feel that discomfort. And then we won't feel shame. Shame shows that we are internalizing what people believe about us. Right? We feel shame because we're uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable because we are resentful. Now we're just lashing out. Now we're taking out our emotions on individuals who don't deserve it because we haven't properly channeled them ourselves. Other emotions like anxiety, sadness, and guilt, we'll get into another time. But those three emotions, I want the family to kind of take a little more time in processing so we can be more pleasant in the present. Our last break. Yes, family, that was Tyler, the creator, and ASAP Rocky, Wharf Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely like Tyler, the creator, excuse me, because I'm reading and talking at the same time. Got to stop. I really like Tyler, the creator. I feel like his music has matured over the years. And when you sit and listen to what he's really saying, your man got bars. And he really has song concepts and, you know, metaphors and shit like that, if that's something that you're into. And I say all that to say is that I don't want people to get lost in the antics and miss out on some beautiful art. Before we close out, we have to have our Melanated History moment of the evening. That's just how we do. I didn't have one last week because I was speaking about the anniversary of 30 Talk, which is history within itself. For me as an individual, I always want the family to know that we are here because we stand on the foundation of our ancestors. Our ancestors put their blood, sweat, and tears into what we know and take advantage and don't take advantage of today and or not take advantage of today because we do take advantage of stuff that they did, but not to the capacity in which we should. Me as an individual, I always want us to put in perspective what we know in relation to how we got here. We think that we are free, that we have certain levels of freedom living in this corporation that we call America, but America had an opportunity to do a way better job than what they did. The corporation saw us as an asset and a liability, so they focused on making us more of a liability so they can limit our, I mean, making us more of an asset so they can limit our liability. 
What I mean by that is, is that there was a time in America that is called the Reconstruction Era. All right. That is the opportunity. That was the era where the corporation that we call America had an opportunity to even the playing field after freeing the quote unquote slaves. Following the Civil War, President Johnson was impeached and the 14th and 15th Amendment was passed, granting quote unquote blacks the same rights to citizenship and protection under the under the law as the whites. For individuals who do not know, 1865 is quote unquote when slavery ended, but we celebrate Juneteenth because individuals didn't know that we were free until roughly two years later. All right. So when we think about slavery in America, it happened for over 400 years, give or take, as far as documented. But in 1865, America felt like, okay, let's free the slaves. So the 14th and 15th Amendment was written and passed. It was such a big deal, right? So when we think about us being free, the irony behind that is why do we have to wait so long to have those quote-unquote freedoms? Because they've, the corporation had generated enough of a lead that by freeing us, it didn't affect their bottom line. With the new rights, quote-unquote, blacks elected the first black senator, Hiram Rhodes Revels, in 1870, and establishing the first public school in the South for African Americans. Slavery ended in 1865. We had one of our first elected senators in 1870. That shows you how great our people are. That it didn't take long for us to get out of these, quote-unquote, shackles and start moving and making moving and making moves in this corporation that we call America. Also during this reconstruction era, we have what is called the Freedom Bureau, all right? The Freedmen's Bureau was established by Congress to produce practical aid to the newly freed 4 million slaves in America. This lasted from 1865 to 1872. Didn't even give us 10 full years, but okay. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for what was quote-unquote granted to us, but think about what we could have did in 18 years and not in 18 years and not just eight years. Uh, this program was headed by General Oliver O. Howard. All right, if you aren't familiar with that name, General Howard, General, General Oliver Howard is who Howard University is named after. The Mecca of HBCUs is named after a white man, yes, <laughs> if you didn't know. Based on the research that I've done about this Howard gentleman, he was pretty decent as a man. He was some people would call as an ally. So on paper, it seems good. I don't have anything negative to say, but if you know something that, if you know something that I don't, him underscore not underscore them on the IG, and let me know if we should really give this general Oliver O. Howard his credit or just or they just named the HBCU after a white man. We don't know. Um, despite the handicaps of inadequate funds and poorly trained staff professionals, the Bureau built hospitals, aided in medical assistance for slaves and poor whites. Because, you know, they can't just do anything just for black people. They got to incorporate the poor whites. Can't do anything just for the melanated people. You got to incorporate the Hispanics respectfully. Can't do anything um, just to affect blacks. You got to throw the Asians in there. Anything that was solely meant for melanated people in particular, they always have to incorporate someone else because what is equality if you don't include everyone? We weren't included in the first place. So now that when we ask for inclusion, we got to bring somebody else with us to feel included. That's crazy. 
And it's a concept that we don't fully understand because we think we've arrived. We've already made it. When they've put these programs in place to aid us, but only to only to aid us to move to the meter or to the to the metric that they want us to move. You understand? The greatest accomplishment, the greatest accomplishment for the Freemans Bureau was their accomplishments in education. More than a thousand quote unquote black schools were built. Among them were Clark Atlanta, Fisk University, Howard University, and Hampton. Right? When we think about what this program could have done with more time, we could have had a lot more um, room to work with. You understand? Even though I always talk about these melanated moments, and we see from when we were freed as quote unquote slaves in 1865 how much we collected and gained over that time period. Rosewood, uh, Langston, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Like all of what we've done, the the councilmen's, the con not the councilmen's, but the senators and the people in the political position that were elected five, six years after slavery. How can we be done? How can we be a lazy people? You understand what I'm saying? When this chips was already stacked against us. When we think about the Reconstruction era from 1865 to 1872, that was their opportunity to level the playing field. But they already seen how much progress we made in eight years. They had to cut it short. So we've already been doing what we've been doing, but just imagine if we was doing that with a leveled playing field. I'll just leave that there. The Reconstruction Era, definitely definitely look into that. Do your research on melanated history, all right? Do your, do your research on melanated history. And all you gotta do is just look at American history from a melanated lens. I'm your host, Him Not Them. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation tonight. But if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace.